Welcome back to the Doing Good Podcast, where we talk to volunteers about their experiences serving their communities. I'm Megan McInnes, your host for this episode. I'm glad you're with us today as we celebrate amazing volunteers, their stories, organizations, and their passion for making a difference. We encourage you to celebrate a volunteer you know and share today's story with someone to hopefully educate or even inspire them to act. Now, on to celebrating those who are doing good. Bart, we're so glad to have you here today. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast. Well, thank you, Megan. I'm honored to be here. Would you please introduce yourself and let us and the listeners know a little bit about who you are? My name is Bart Brammer. I came down to Tennessee in 1988 with Saturn Corporation. I did 30 years with General Motors, so I have an automotive background as well as a corporate training background. And I've enjoyed Middle Tennessee, and now I've moved to East Tennessee with my caregiver. Outstanding. And we're here because of your volunteering. How did you begin to volunteer? And did you volunteer throughout your life and career? Megan, that's, that's a good, good question. And I'm going to start before I was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and before I had a stroke. I was actually a volunteer of Ripavilla. It's also called the Cheers Mansion. That's in Spring Hill, Tennessee. It's an 1858 history site, historic site, Civil War site. And it's, it's several acres with a museum, with a, a home, with antiques. I started volunteering there as a docent. I was cutting the, the cornfield to make the maize. I was helping with the landscaping. I became a docent giving tours. And I did that for a couple years with Ripavilla. And that was a volunteer position that I ran across when I was showing my children the home. After that, I got into more of a volunteer mode. After I had a stroke, I was running all over the country, training organizations, banks, and and credit unions mainly in the final years of my travels, 18 years of contract training after General Motors. But I had a stroke during one of the trips and, and Darlene Kemp, she is executive director of Vista Points that I will tell you about, actually came and rescued me in Wisconsin and brought me back. After having the stroke and being confused and being a little upset, I went for a diagnosis to find out how I had the stroke. And that's when I was discovered that I had Alzheimer's disease. And that was back in 2020. And that got me into more volunteer work. That's so interesting you say that because many people begin in a different way and are pulled to volunteer for their disease or issue at the time in life. So it's, it's been fairly new to you as an adult. And you're just getting more and more into it as you get older. As a matter of fact, Megan, yes, I have been. So what keeps you volunteering? After my stroke, and I told you briefly about that, I I shut down completely and I had to resign from my training and run around the country. I was confused on where my airline was, my rental car, my hotel, and didn't realize until the diagnosis that Alzheimer's was causing some of my confusion and discomfort. Then I shut down for about six months. I just said, okay, I'm going to die. It's all over. And I went into a depression. Then I came out and said, okay. And with Darlene's help, 
She says, you know, you can't just shut down and give up. You're still alive. You still got a lot of living to do. And gosh, that was three years ago. And that is correct. I started volunteering with the Alzheimer's Association, which is a national organization, as an advocate, going to walks, giving speeches, talking about Alzheimer's. I was on a couple committees that I volunteered for, and uh, Alzheimer's Association had me on a committee that was early stage Alzheimer's group, advisory group. That was meeting with doctors and, and lawyers and medical people to discuss the effect of Alzheimer's and how it worked on people and how it worked in families. Uh, a lot of caregiving was involved there. So with the association, I, I served on that. I went to another association called Alive. That organization, I was on it for a year. And then I went to Alzheimer's Tennessee. Alzheimer's Tennessee, which I am on a, a state committee there, and it's it's part of the Janice Wade Whitehead heads up Alzheimer's Tennessee, and it's Alzheimer's Disease and Related Dementia Advisory Council. That's headed up by Senator Crow and Representative Kumar here in Tennessee. You have clearly been involved, it seems to me, at many different levels. Um, meaning hands-on and then in advisory roles and in committees. This is incredible, Bart. And clearly your Alzheimer's has influenced how you volunteer. Now let's turn it around a little. How has your volunteering influenced your life? I was in the educational field, being a corporate trainer and teaching people. And now I'm trying to create an awareness about early stage Alzheimer's and getting a diagnosis early. There's so many things that, that can be done with people's lives after they're diagnosed to get ready for the, the final chapters. And that needs to be taken care of. So many times Alzheimer's is discovered late and the person is already in a dementia state that they cannot make decisions, they cannot plan correctly. And sometimes the family is doing things that they might not have wanted to do. And so it's nice to get the early diagnosis and make the decisions yourself. So telling people that life is not over and that there's many things that you can still do. As a matter of fact, I'm still driving and that's, that's probably the next thing that will stop as my dementia comes and gets worse. But right now it's not. So I'm putting forth effort in every single day to make people aware. I'm volunteering to speak. I'm letting people, I'm not hiding my disease at all. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's like one out of six people can get Alzheimer's, especially after 80. There's 6 million of us. Wow. Well, and you're just leading us straight into a terrific educational segment, which we've recently begun. This is a main opportunity where you can educate the listeners about their resources available to them. So are there agencies or websites you'd suggest, whether it, they be about Alzheimer's or volunteering or aging or any other cause you're passionate about? Megan, that's a great question. And, and there are several organizations. I did mention the Alzheimer's Association and Alzheimer's Tennessee. There are many dementia organizations 
And if you Google and go in and put dementia or Alzheimer's into your, into your search engine, you're going to find all sorts of models. Keep in mind, some of that needs to be filtered. Some people are just actually full of it when they're talking about how Alzheimer's is. And they don't like talking to me very much because I call them on it. So, nope, that's not, that's not correct at all. <laughs> so much is given to the caregivers. You hear all kinds of things about caregivers and what they're going through and what they have to put up with. You seldom hear from the patient, the person that's living with the disease. So I'm being an active voice in that. Another organization that I volunteered for and have been with for over 10 years is Vista Points. Vista Points is a special needs trust organization. It's a nonprofit with three offices in Knoxville, in Memphis, and also in Nashville. And Darlene Kemp, the executive director, is also my girlfriend and caregiver. And she's going to make sure that as I progress in the disease, that things are taken care of properly. Special needs trusts are for people living with a disability of any sort. It could be physical, mental, or intellectual. And special needs trusts are set up to use the money for non-medical treatments. When people are, are needing a special needs trust established, especially if they're on government benefits, she protects the government benefits from being taken away. There's a lot to it. There's three different kinds of special needs trusts, but I have helped her and the organization handing out pamphlets, going to events, going to parties, just the PR representative and the laborer, sometimes driving, sometimes setting up the tent, sometimes carrying things around. It's been very fascinating because in this role, I've worked with people, all sorts of disabilities, not just Alzheimer's itself. And Alzheimer's is now being recognized as a disability and dementia is being recognized as a disability and a lot more care is being sent that direction. There's been recent news about uh, Alzheimer's drugs that have become available and those are correct. There's still some hoops to jump through to qualify for those and they haven't been released in full scale. Medicare finally decided that they would cover dementia drugs as they were resisting that for many, many years. The, the military, the VA will cover Alzheimer's and will cover dementia and they, they approved it first. I am also an army veteran, so I'm following the benefits that come up there. You're a man with much to offer, and you also touched on a couple of things there, which I'd like to talk about more. For example, you talked about in your early stage of Alzheimer's, how you provided, you served as a voice to those who needed to hear about that. And I just want to focus on the fact that everybody has something to offer at every point in life. And you exemplified that through that one volunteer experience and stage in your disease. So how would you encourage more people or patients even to speak out and volunteer 
for their voices to be heard and more a part of the conversation in whatever they're dealing with. First thing they have to do is get out of the denial state. I have one particular individual at my church now that that found out I have Alzheimer's and she also found out that she did. So she's coming to me in secret right now to talk about it. She's experiencing the first emotions you go through when you're diagnosed. So I'm working with her and talking to her. I encourage people to tell their family, to tell their friends. It's it's not, it's a disease. It's, you know, you don't have to hide in the closet when you have Alzheimer's. You need to let people know because sometimes you're a little confused. Sometimes you're argumentative. I can snap in a heartbeat sometimes. There are things the person goes through when they're suffering from Alzheimer's that that don't come up in the caregiver conversation. All you hear is the very bad, the end of the line, the, the things that you see on the networks, the things that you see in the movies, you, things you hear people talk about are in the final stage. They're in stage seven or stage three, depending on the scale you're looking at. It was discovered in 1918, and we don't have a cure yet. So it's, it's time to get started harder on that cure. After all, we did come up with COVID and something very, very rapidly. We've we've conquered so many diseases, but Alzheimer's has just been put aside as they're just old folks. It's just the way it is. They're getting old and there's nothing we can do about it. Leave them alone. We've got to change that attitude because Alzheimer's sufferers can start very early in life. I don't know how long I've had the disease, but I very easily could have had it at age 30 and it just now progressed to the state that it's showing itself. Well, that being said, and with our focus on volunteerism today, what stories are you comfortable sharing about your volunteerism? I know clearly you touch people in ways that are meaningful to them and to you. And I'm wondering if there are stories you can share about your specific volunteer activities. Thank you for asking. So it's it's good that you asked that. I even forgot to tell you about one of my volunteer processes, which was at Cheekwood. I became a gardener and a historian, and Darlene and I were giving tours at Cheekwood, and we did that for a couple years. That's a, a 55-acre botanical gardens in Nashville, just outside of Nashville. We volunteered for that service. But the the things that I have learned about historians, about I didn't even realize there's there's replicators, there's reenactors, and there's preservationists. And they're all different sets of people that show up at the historic sites. I didn't realize that. I learned more about the Civil War, and I told people about it, and I've told people what I've learned. With the Alzheimer's group, I've had the opportunity to be a keynote speaker at some of their meetings, and people are very shocked when I stand up and walk around and talk because I have Alzheimer's, by the way, and, and I'm still lifelike, as Darlene would tell you. That's been fun. With the association, we had the opportunity to go to Washington, D.C., and we did speak with the representatives, the congressmen, the senators in Washington about Alzheimer's legislation, and that was fun. I went to the Chicago headquarters with the Alzheimer's Association and had the opportunity to, to meet with people there from Alzheimer's Association, the, the big shots, the head of the people organization, the people side of the Alzheimer's Association. 
which is a, a wonderful money collecting activity and awareness. And how did these impact you? Like, was there a story when, say, when you were advocating or educating others or serving them, which really touched you? People sometimes will break down and they will tell me about a family member or a relative that has passed and what they went through and how they were going about it. And they will pat me on the back for helping out and for for sharing information. I had one example. I've done a podcast for Vista Points and I've actually been involved in that. And I had a person in Memphis, Tennessee that realized that I was the voice of the Vista Points podcast. And it's like, I was a celebrity all of a sudden. That was fun. Wanted my autograph and talked to me and wanted to get close. And that was, that was really enjoyable. That was fun. I've met lots of great people through the podcast because we're interviewing individuals. I met people in my volunteer services at church. I don't know what I'm going to get in next, Megan. I don't know what my next volunteer activity is, but my caregiver is, is going to be involved more and more in the volunteer activities and in the spreading and the education about dementia and Alzheimer's as well as other disabilities. Well, it, it is certainly a family disease. It is not just a one-person activity, for sure. It is something that affects everybody involved. And I'm so glad that you're able to and willing to share your heart, your time, and your voice with us today. Do you have any parting thoughts that you would like to share with the listeners, whether it be educational or motivational or maybe inspirational for them? Megan, thank you for asking. I, I talked about our podcast and it's called Choose Your Path. And there are 40 of them on the website at Vista Points. And it talks about all sorts of disabilities. It's talking to people about how they deal with them. It's giving advice, direction, counsel, more information on how to deal with those folks. So if somebody would like to hear more of Bart talking, the podcast is out there. It's vistapoints.org. I can be reached through Vista Points. I could be reached through you, Megan. I can, if somebody wants to talk to me confidentially about their Alzheimer's or about their family member, I'll give them a straight shot. I won't give them the answer that they're looking for. I can't give them a medical background, but I can certainly be a voice of experience as a person living with Alzheimer's. Absolutely. And you also offer inspiration to them. Well, thanks, Megan. I try to be upbeat and and only God knows how many days I have left. So what I do with them is up to me. Right. But we are all in that same boat. So, and, and I love that you're making the most of this and the most of not just life, but the situation you've been given and truly just enjoying the people and the experiences along the way that it's introducing to you. So I I do encourage anyone out there dealing with any type of disease or issue at hand. This is something that there are resources. There are people out there like you. You are out there obviously offering your, your own personal time. And I hope people are listening today and they walk away feeling good and better about themselves and about what they are indeed able to do because you're you're living proof of that. Megan, thanks for sharing my story and thanks for your program. A wonderful opportunity to get information out and thank you for having me on. Thank you, Bart. 
Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Doing Good Podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation today, we invite you to subscribe or rate us on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Doing Good TV. Doing Good is a 501c3 nonprofit. Please donate to support this podcast and more via the donate button on our website, doinggood.tv. Together, let's celebrate those who are doing good.